So the the last time we chatted, guys, we we were finishing up, and I can't remember if it made it into the recording or if it was post re- pushing the record stop button. But uh, Salim, we were talking about drinking and the fact that I haven't been drinking or kind of gave up booze. Um, feels weird to say that actually. Um, and and you brought up this term day drinking, which or no, not day drinking, but drinking as a hobby that uh how kind of sad that that is that there are people out there who actually list this as a some people kite boarding uh, <laughs> you know knitting and then there's those that write um drinking down as a hobby and i just i guess i want to just kick right off by getting into where where did that come from where did, where, where have you seen that listed day drinking or drinking. I keep calling it day drinking because as I was sort of looking into this before the episode, I saw a bunch of, I was looking up drinking as a hobby and I found these multitude of websites with t-shirts with the slogan, day drinking is my hobby. (laughs) (laughs) So, so it's really about drinking as a hobby. So yeah, I'll just, I'll shut up now and let you kick that off. And Justin is with us as well. So three of us are back. Um, good to have you guys. Um, so yeah, let's get into Thank this you. drinking topic. Yeah, I mean, I I, I see it. Like, um, I mean, isn't this something that you would like? Um, I think like some people would um, would put that on like uh, like dating apps and stuff, like in their profile, right? And yeah, that's what like, I was thinking. Yeah. yeah, like what do you what do you like doing? It's like you know, <laughs> um, I like. Going to the going to the movies and drinking, maybe not together, but uh, right. or maybe together. It's it's a thing. As I think, particularly especially in Japan, I mean, a lot of people drank here. Maybe not, and maybe not as much as like they used to. Like I don't know what the stats are, but um, yeah, alcohol is a is a big pastime in Japan. A lot of lonely people um, spend a lot of time at home drinking. And maybe, and maybe not just lonely, lonely people, but all sorts of people. Yeah, and and I guess if you're thinking, like you said, the dating apps that uh, if someone is kind of looking at, well, what is this person all about? And drinking is listed. I'm just trying to think, what would be the attraction to who would be attracted by that? A fellow drinker, like, yeah. oh, good, here's someone else who likes to do likes to do this as well. So swipe left or right or whatever it is yeah absolutely i mean people like i mean because it's it's not just like men or not just women um so it's gonna be like guy but one of his hobbies is 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 drinking girl one of her hobbies is drinking let's drink together and make terrible decisions yeah and is that or is that just a way to say hey i drink so i'm not uh an abstainer of alcohol. So if you like to drink or if it's drinking's part of your life, not necessarily as a hobby per se, but it's something you do, then it's putting it out there. I, I don't know. I'm just kind of reaching maybe a bit with that, but I think, I mean, most dating apps already have like a, do you drink or not? Like uh, sometimes don't drink. I mean, that tends to be like one of the uh, like profile options that you can put in. So that's oh, okay. already in, yeah. probably in there by default. And yeah. Go ahead, Justin. As a single person on this pod, I'm going to jump in here so you don't give too many details, Salim, that it makes it sound like you've been on the app recently. 
<laughs> As a married man, yes. I, I have friends research, on the app. I have friends on the purpose. app. Come on, guys. Come on. So, hey, so that's why we have a podcast because you can do these. You can research anything you want without creating any suspicion. Well, it's right? kind of funny. It's funny you say that because so, be, so between our last recording and this one, I actually signed up for one of those dating apps, and not because of this, but actually because of a conversation I had with a friend. We were out at dinner and he's been single for a while and he was just expressing how challenging it was on all of the different dating apps. And I've been single for a little while now and I have dated a little, but it's all been through social circle. It's all been through people I knew or friends of friends or whatever that I was being introduced to or I'd meet him at a dinner party or something and, you know, strike up a conversation and maybe go out on some dates and in some cases dated. But I figured after my friend's feedback, why not? I'll check it out. So I signed up for my first one ever about two weeks ago. And it's, you know, as people describe Twitter, it's kind of a hell site. You know, it's just a complete and absolute debacle. And I'm, I'm trying to to keep words here that your your nephew can still enjoy this episode uh, at this point. I know, because I really don't want to put an E on this one. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll endeavor to not, uh, to not make this uh, an explicit one. So, so what I noticed was twofold. One, uh, what Salim was describing just now. Yes, you know, there's these different designations that people can put. You know, I occasionally drink. I drink frequently. I drink all the time. You know, I never work out. I occasionally work out. I work all the time. Those kind mm-hmm. of things are very easy things that people can can add or not even put on their their um, profile. But what I think Salim and I were kind of alluding to in our last. Recording was more along the lines of how some people will just blatantly say, like, you know, it is my hobby. Uh, or in the case of the dating profiles, what I found was like 90%, you know, this is anecdotal, sure, but not the majority, the vast majority of the images that people put on their profiles are of food and liquor and pictures of mm. their hair. <laughs> it's like like people getting their hair done. It's very very interesting. I don't know. I don't know if oh, people yeah. are just trying to say I so take, what do you I do, take care of myself. With that one? <laughs> I just put I just put a photo of myself. I was just like I'm not going to waste my time, you know, with all this nonsense. Well, the hair part I meant. Oh, no, no, no. I just put a mirror and then next to my head and they have to figure out which is which. Um, cuz those that don't know Justin and, and I are both slight of hair. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, Clark, we're about 20, 30 years too late. I mean, we we didn't we if we grew up in the Tom Brady generation, we could have, you know, we could have a full head of hair right now. Uh, yeah. I was going to say that I actually feel fortunate I with the generation I was bald in because back in the 70s like like 10 years before you you'd be like called Kojak or mm-hmm. uh tell you know Telly Savalas mm-hmm. was kind of the token bald guy out there but when I was bald uh which fortunately happened in my sort of later 20s not in high school and uh you know you got guys like Jason Statham Bruce Willis yeah that's right um, that's right Vin Diesel like you had all these like kind of macho guys that was like yeah 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 plus I was blessed with a round head but anyway, we're, di- <laughs> we're diverting off the topic. So, so yeah. So, imagery wise, it's very reinforced. It's a lot of alcohol, and and I don't know if it's if it's accurate. You know, in some cases, I'm sure some people are actually they're showing out because they want to attract other people, and everyone else is drinking. So I have to put this on my profile because otherwise, how am I going to get any matches if I don't show that I'm a fun loving person that you know is into this as well. So I don't know if it's if it's accurate, you know, to how prevalent it is. But going back to what 
Salim was talking about before, you know, uh, smoking is one thing that, you know, in Japan finally shifted quite a bit uh, in the last decade or so. And, you know, now it's down to around maybe 20% of the population. I think it's like 10% women, 30% men that smoke. And that's vastly different than, you know, 20, 30 years ago. So in some ways, you know, they came for my vice, you know, smoking is no longer allowed. But right now, drinking is still okay. You know, it's still here, very socially acceptable. Um, and, you know, we alluded to some of the social lubricant parts of, of alcohol uh, in our lives. You mentioned sort of like a very interesting keyword, like um, showing yourself drinking mm. uh, may be portrayed as being fun, right? And so that's why a lot of people have photos of themselves drinking because they want to seem like they're fun people. But I don't know. Like, but what if drinking's the hobby? <laughs> then, you, yeah, right. then you meet them and it's like, wait a minute, this is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> All yeah, they want to do you is your surfboard yeah. and standing in a profile picture with a surfboard, which implies something, and people do that sort of thing, right? Of or, course, yeah. Uh, or a photo of you playing tennis, with a, yeah, 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 or any or in workout gear, or, or uh, so I guess the 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 idea there is like, have you actually seen profile? Like when you say you see profile pictures. Is it what kind of drink? Is it a guy, someone sort of tipping a beer back, or are they sitting there with a cocktail on a table, like what, holding the beer, like maybe like a, uh, like some kind of like like hand? I don't know what is the Justin. You probably know what's this called? It's called this the shaka hand gesture. Yeah, it's shaka. called the shaka. shaka. The See, shaka. I knew you would know. That's a Hawaiian um, thing. The right? shot. A what? It's a Hawaiian thing. It is. So is it okay? Yeah. So like, why um, do people do it? So it's a shock of gesture in one and then bottle of beer in the other. Like, Yeah, it's a lot of that. It's like a, it's like a, you know, a chew high or like a, you know, a big, big pint of like watered down isakaya beer um, surrounded by a group of friends or usually a, a couple other mm. girls. Faces blurred out, you know, I'm fun. I have friends. I have a good time. You know, that, that kind of image. You ever see those guys who have like a profile picture and you can tell it's been cropped? It's it, they're with yes. a bunch of people, but they yes. cropped it and it's just <laughs> them. And and sometimes you'll see like half a cheek from another person <laughs> yes. sitting next to them. And you're like, what the heck's that? Yeah, come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't about to crop out my children in, in my photo <laughs> <laughs> or my w- ex-wife. I don't know. <laughs> Um, so, so drinking as a hobby, I mean, what, when you guys think of that, like what image does that portray drinking as a hobby? Hmm. I mean, I think there is, there's a positive image to it. I mean, there are people who like, um, uh, or sort of fans of particular drinks, right? I'm thinking wine, I'm thinking whiskey who are, um, yeah, cocktails, uh, people who like to do their own, uh, you know, create their own cocktails, right? Mm -hmm. That's, that's a, that's a thing. So from a positive perspective, I would say I'm thinking of those kind of people, right? Mm. That's that's yeah. the ideal. I mean, I don't know if it's ideal, but it's at least my ideal image personally of drinking as a hobby where you you like certain uh you're a sort of whatever. Is connoisseur a, a, the right word here? I don't know. <laughs> but, sure. Yeah. Uh well, I kind of think of it when I think of drinking as a hobby and then someone even wearing the t-shirt that says so, I sort of picture like a a bunch of guys like at a 
at a bar with like shots lined up and and they're just kind of kicking them back uh buying rounds for each other laughing getting a bit silly that's sort of the image i get when i think of drinking as a hobby yeah there's that yeah my i mean ever the cynic here um you know when when i think of <laughs> when, I, when i think of drinking as a hobby i just think of it as as uh, alcoholism without the commitment you know it's just like <laughs> come on you know commit you know like are you in I or like not <laughs> i like that i like that <laughs> but it is funny how many um like slogans there are around this type of stuff. Like I said, the t-shirts, mm. uh, there, there was a friend of mine that was at a, a family. He was the, it was a work colleague of a friend of mine who was there. His, he was, his work colleague was the host. It was actually a guy he, that worked for him and he visited, was, it was a family party and the brother of this guy, or no, maybe it was the brother-in-law of this guy had a t-shirt. This is a Sunday afternoon in a backyard at a barbecue, a t-shirt that says, my super, uh, I make beers disappear. That's my superpower. Nice. <laughs> oh my God. Well, That's I so mean, funny. the MC, <laughs> the MCU is getting pretty thin on content. They might see that guy next <laughs> as a hero. <laughs> what, NCU? MCU, Marvel Cinematic Universe. The, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I, I guess this kind of relates a little bit back to maybe my my thing, which was April 30th, um, I attended a real estate event. It was a Sunday. I I had a friend of mine driving, Mike, who's been on this podcast a few times. He was driving and I felt, okay, it's a Sunday and, and someone else is driving. I think I'm going to have a few drinks today at this uh, event. And so I think I maybe drink four, four draft beers uh, ate a bunch of crappy food, you know, f- fried foods, wings, the whole thing. Came home in the afternoon. My wife had made these cinnabons or cinnab- cinnamon buns and uh, put all this icing on it. And so I, I, as soon as I got home at like 4.30, I ate two of them because they were so good. Then I had dinner, a couple glasses of red wine with dinner. And then I looked over on the cou- counter and I saw those cinnamon buns looking at me. <laughs> And I thought, oh, I'm going to have one more. And then I just had the, so I ate it and I was, it was good. I was, I wasn't like I was eating this saying, why am I eating this? I knew why I was eating this because it was good. And then I just had this feeling like, man, look at yourself. You've had like six, seven drinks today. You feel like crap. You're in the middle of a, your third cinnamon bun. You know what you're going to do right now? You're going to eat the rest of this and you're going to eat another one. And then tomorrow, you're going to be so disgusted with yourself that you're going to start this 75-day challenge of <laughs> uh, no drinking, no eating sweets, 45 minutes of exercise a day, a uh, couple gallons of water, I can't remember how much, and you're going to do this. And I got to say, it was the impetus for me to do this 75-day challenge successfully. And um, of all the things that I did... The one thing I still do not do is drink. So I, I have not had an alcoholic beverage since uh, April 30th. So you're coming up, that's that's really cool. You're coming up to uh, uh, half a year it's now. like 150 you? days or something. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. And I kind of stopped counting. Uh, my friend Mike, same same Mike I mentioned, he, 
he said he heard someone like, well, if you if you've given something up, why are you still counting? It's like, oh, uh, well, it's sort of interesting. Right, right. Like, yeah, yeah. I get your point, but I do kind of like to say 150, not to impress anybody, but it's a, no, it's an interesting number. It's so, for yourself. So, so during this whole time, though, I've I've noticed all the different occasions I would attend and the references to drinking in movies. Ted Lasso. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys watch mm-hmm. Ted Lasso, but so many references to drinking. Like my radar is up for it. So it's like, geez, that's it's like the default thing. Uh, so many times. So so yeah, I've given it up. I don't know for sure if it's forever, but. Right now, I have I'm caught between a little like I'm liking things the way they are, and I feel like if I you know people are like hey anything in moderation, it's like if I feel like if if I go moderation route, I'm just gonna go back to not super major drinking problem type drinking, but enough that it was like I was drinking more than I wanted to be. How much were you drinking before though? Between cinnamon buns. <laughs> yeah. Um I would say I was definitely in the binge category of drinking. So if I was right. going out with friends, it would be like like I used to go out almost every Thursday. A friend of mine had basketball and he'd he'd finish his night off by spending three hours with me at the pub eating wings and drinking beer. Right. <laughs> and so I would probably have sometimes three drafts. He would drive because he'd pick me up on his way, and uh, and then I'd have a plate of wings, and uh, so I so socially I'd say three or four out on a night, maybe more depending on the kind of night it was, but as sort of day to day, I would say on average I was probably having like a beer a day, a beer a night kind of thing. With dinner, I'd be making dinner and just crack one open or a glass of wine. I mean, my wife would turn to me and say, "Hey, would you like some? Do you want?" feel like wine it'd be like it would be like this these words that would just be like bring a little warmth over me and right, you're, yeah. you're joining her in an activity you're making dinner together it's, it was a nice thing so um of course, yeah, i would of say course. i was more in the binge category and also in the drinking for no reason like drinking because it just was like oh there's the bottle like i know you've had some uh single malt scotch we've talked about that uh like I would have it at 10 o'clock at night because it just seemed like something to do. So. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's amazing that right. um, they've gotten where you are. Uh, absolutely fantastic. Like really great work. Sorry, Justin, go ahead. No, no, I, you, you, exactly the same words. I think it's wonderful. You've gone through this Clark. I mean, obviously it's something that's meant something to you. So you've carried it forward. Um, you're doing it in a way that's authentic to you and you're doing it in a way that you don't sound like an obnoxious vegan, you know, that you're (laughs) lording it over us. Yeah. I've been trying not to be too preachy about it. Like I have to catch, watch myself at, out at events. Like we were out last Saturday at a, at an event and uh, there was a dinner beforehand. A lot of my wife's work colleagues, it was a, a concert that they had bought tickets for a bunch of the staff. It was really nice. And, it's always like this thing we're all going. So when I heard the the, the place we went to is called the Beer Bistro, <laughs> and first the comment I had to my wife was, "Well, it'd be interesting to see a place called the Beer Bistro. How many non-alcoholic beers they have on like available?" And I tried to look on their website, 
just to sort of anticipate. Because I'm thinking if I get there and there's no options like that, or it's just like Heineken Zero, which seems to be the prevailing non-alcoholic beer, and I'm A, kind of sick of it because it's always the option, and B, it's not the greatest. There's so many much <clears throat> much nicer non-alcoholic beers. Fortunately, they had like four options. Actually, they had five, but two were sold out. Uh, so there was like three options, an IPA and something, another kind of ale. They were actually pretty good. Nice. So it is becoming more, like I'm not getting the sideways glances, I think, that people would get five years ago, 10 years, 20 years ago. You go into a bar, ask you for, you're liable to get your ass kicked looking for a non-alcoholic beer at a pub <laughs> or something, either by the bartender or the guy sitting next to you. Well, I mean, to, to, to that point and to what Salim shared earlier, you know, there was somebody that I know here, you know, and in the whole drinking culture, he did get that side eye for a little while, but you know, everyone gets used to it. You know, everyone, everyone around them kind of fades to the back and doesn't really make it any kind of thing to that person either. Um, I, I'm curious, Clark, and you know, this is not really, this is partially tongue in cheek, but, um, has your self-talk gotten better since you stopped drinking? Because that self-talk the night of when you decided to, to, to stop was pretty harsh. Mm. Um, you know, what you, <clears throat> what you described and, and, you know, and let's be honest, right. Alcohol is a depressant, right? Yep. Um, it, it is a well-known depressant, uh, and, and not, not something that actually, uh, soothes or helps any of the things that most people try to intend to utilize yes. it for. In Very terms good of, point. Yep. Uh, drowning one's yep. sorrows or yep. maladies. They, they actually just drown further. Um, so I'm just curious, you know, since that night where you made that choice, has your has your self talk gotten a little bit gentler, or are you still uh, as as strongly self uh, self critical? Yeah, great question. Um, i i don't I don't think it's different. I mean, maybe it's different, but I don't think it's not there. I think there's always that critical mm -hmm. voice, the self talk, no matter sure. what, whether there's booze or not, but. I can say that uh, I guess it's it's one less thing to to be badly self talking about, you know, like shit. Why did I go out last night and do that? Why, you know, I haven't had a hangover in five months almost, or more than that, I guess. And the other, day, so I was eating a bunch of this. I love charcuterie. It's it's, uh, and I went overboard the other day. I was I ate so much. The next morning, I had what felt like a hangover, and I was convinced <laughs> it was from the salt of <laughs> and so sodium and nitrates and all the things that are in the yeah. meats. And I was reminded of like, oh my god, yeah, this feels just like an alcoholic hangover. And I'm quite glad not to uh, have felt like this for so long. So, so yeah. Um. What about the sort of the aspect of? I mean, you you mentioned when you were going out uh, sort of with your wife and uh, and your friends to the, to the beer place, and they had non-alcoholic beer options. But I mean, do you feel like it's at all limiting in in terms of sort of your social uh, work, social or private social uh, life? I mean, very often it's sort of let's go out for drinks or uh, like whether it's like after work or uh, Sunday afternoon beers with friends, that kind of thing. Uh, uh, is there any impact there? Yeah, it's a great, great question. Um, there's a few situations where I think, uh, 
maybe we haven't socialized as much because of of me not drinking. Um, like I've got one friend who it's kind of something we did. Like it was a, a big mm. part of, Hey, let's go for, out for beers. And the, the great thing is, is that when you are in this and you're doing it, you can, you can actually do that still and have a good time. Like yeah. that, that, that was something I read in a great book called this naked mind. It's all about, alcohol and how there's so it prevails in society and it's such a social thing and it's it's special to drink like your kids what you know you can't people under in our country 19 well in this province anyway can't drink (sighs) drink so they grow up waiting for that time when they're allowed to drink so there's this in social in this in our culture it's very much a you have to be old enough to do it responsible all that sort of stuff um so I would say yes, some like well in general no like, and it's something you think for sure. When I the research I did on um, alcoholism, uh, addictions, and things, especially booze, a lot of people think their friends are going to start disappearing uh, if they stop drinking because they'll you might for any reason it could be that's exposing the friend in a way that is like oh. So now you're just going to sit there and watch me drink, like right, on right, this, yeah. like I have a problem, or <laughs> or you might. I was worried maybe my friends won't be as interesting if if I don't drink, or maybe I won't <laughs> be as interesting to my friends if I don't drink. So, um, on the work front, the non non alcoholic beers I have to say have been a just such a great thing because if you can get the beer ordered and it's on the table, nobody knows anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. And then I've ordered it in front of people. No, they think the opposite. Clark is so gung ho; he's got a beer first every yeah. time. That's right. Yeah. Well, his was just sitting there waiting for him. Wow. Yeah. So well, I mean, uh, and there's always like I, I sometimes there's just sometimes that where where you don't really feel like drinking, right? But you're in a social setting where, where everyone is drinking, and sometimes I'm just thinking, you know, maybe I can just like maybe I'll just go get a soda water, have the bartender put a a lemon in there, and. Mm-hmm. I mean, who the hell is gonna who the hell is gonna know, right? Um, yeah. You're just you're you're drinking something that looks like booze. That's all that Absolutely. anyone wants to like know, right? No, no one's like testing your blood alcohol level, right? So, um, yeah. It from my side, I mean, I don't drink that often, and when I do, it usually I guess it would fall into this kind of binge category because when I do, it's you know a handful of drinks. It's you know three four drinks, but I don't have another drink for three, four weeks, mm. you know, it averages out to basically like a drink a week, but I'm having most of it in a sitting, right? But because I'm oftentimes meeting up with people who are drinking, what I do find that that I have a challenge with is there's a time in the night where you can no longer meet their energy mm. level. Or whatever their level is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. That, you know, if you, if they start at five, five six o'clock. Yeah. And, and, you know, everyone's laughing, having a good time and they kind of hit that pocket, right? There are a couple drinks in and they're, everyone's very loose and having words are slurring a bit. Yeah. They're, they're getting there and then they get a little happy and then they go too, maybe a bit too far for themselves. And then, you know, uh, inhibitions or other things fall off and you're kind of, 
you know, you could be left with the wreckage <laughs> in some ways. And maybe you don't want to, you know, maybe you yep. don't want to have to deal with literal physical wreckage if they're breaking something in a bar by accident because they're, you know, they're really actually drunk now. Um, right. Th- there is that element that I do find if you are not drinking around people who are drinking, there is a point in the night where it's probably best to just cut out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny because uh, I was just thinking as you were talking, like I should have come in with like a top five great benefits of giving up alcohol for me. Um, and w- one of them was there's never a discussion of who's driving. Like mm. my wife and I used yeah. to always have these discussions. Like I'd be like, okay, if it's your, no offense, nephew, uh, if it's your family, I get to drink. <laughs> if it's my family, you get to drink. Um that's a good like arrangement. That. Yeah. And I'll jokingly say, like, or if it's her friend's group, it, it, I'll just drop the line. Hey, if, and again, if the friends of my wife and us that listen, no offense, I'm kind of half kidding. But uh, if I said, yeah, if it's your friend group, then uh, to get through it, then I get to drink um, <laughs> that night. I thought you were going to say, it's my family. I really need it. <laughs> could drink. go that way too. And it sometimes yeah. has flip flop, but, uh, so there, there's never a discussion now. It's great. Like, um, and there's never even a moment. Like I've driven back from stuff and I see the police car, you know, I never intentionally drove under the influence, but even with one or two beers, you're wondering, yeah, yeah. like, could I know I don't, I don't have that worry at all. Bring on a spot check, bring on a whatever. I have no problem. I'm, you want me to get yeah, out? Yeah, I'll get out sure. now. Uh, sir, control yourself. <laughs> no, I haven't been drinking. Yeah, yeah. That's what they all will say. <laughs> Give me the breathalyzer. Come on. <laughs> because I actually had a, an incident about 20 years ago where I was pulled over and uh, I I got breathalyzed and I was damn close to blowing over. Like mm. just a couple notches below. And I, so I don't know if you guys have ever done a breathalyzer before. I uh, have, yeah. So, yeah. so they call them uh, ride. It's the ride program in, in Ontario here. And uh, there's a, it stands for something I can't think of offhand. But um, when I came so close to blowing over, it, and it wasn't even like, they didn't even say anything. Oh, you're close. <laughs> they just said, oh, okay, well, you're, you're not, you didn't blow over. See you later. Have a good night. It's black, it's black or white. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I kept the little thing. They give you this little thing that they they put onto the breathalyzer and you you blow into that and then they you take it off. It comes out of a little package so that you know it's brand new. I kept that on my in my console for like a month as a reminder of how scared I was that night of, of that <laughs> and how close I came. I've kept that little thing sitting in the console for least a month just as a reminder really lucky how how yeah. bad is the, the the dui offense in ontario um well they reduced the the level of uh, like blowing over it used to be 0.08 was the the number now i think it's 0.05 right. or something oh wow zero eight that's 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 Quite a bit. Yeah, you could have you could have two to three uh, yeah. over like a three hour night. Like one an hour was kind of the, the 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 thing that they would use as a guide. Like you don't have more than one an hour, and then of course it differed based on body types and stuff. Right, like of course. You yeah. were drinking and how fast and all that. But yeah. that was kind of the the token thing, one per hour. Um, the fences are um, 
I don't know them offhand. I guess that's a good thing. I don't know them offhand, but <laughs> yeah. they're like the first, it depends, I guess, how badly, if you blow over you, I think you lose your car for at least 24 hours. Right, um, right. Yeah. They, they stop you from driving, obviously. Uh, yeah, at you'll that point. Be, yeah. You'll be, in, the car will be impounded and you'll, you'll be, um, you'll have to come get it the next day sort of thing. You'll, it'll definitely be on your record. And of course, yeah, I think that even that one time offense will be a pretty negative thing on your driving record insurance wise as well. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah. So yeah. Um, it's where I'm from. It's, it's first offense is one month suspension mm -hmm. of license. And that was the big thing, right? You know, it's, it is, you know, you'd lose basically your access mm. to get to work. I mean, yeah. you know, a lot of, a lot of America, you know, people drive to work. It's not, it's not uh, a lot of, infrastructure around public transit in most places around the yeah. US. So serious events. Yeah. It's a pretty yeah. pretty good ding. Yeah. And that I it's one of those things where, yeah, if you're interviewing for a job, uh, I've you know a job I had nice. back when I was working at another insurance company, it, it required you to drive to to see customers mm -hmm. and stuff. And right. Yeah. If you had to to say, oh actually I don't have a license or you know, you wouldn't get that job. Or you'd lose that job if you yeah. something happened mid job, and there's there's such a um, yeah, there's a lot of implications to it. Never mind that you could kill somebody. Yeah, yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. su suffice it to say that I mean those penalties should be harsh, right? There's, uh, mm -hmm. I mean, there's no excuse for. Um, I, I mean, you can you can I, I'm all for sort of reasonable limits, right? Um, if you had one beer in the afternoon, I don't think that should stop you from driving in the evening. Um, but you know, if you're at over a certain thresh threshold, uh, and even like a 0.05, I think that's still, um, it's where the threshold is in a lot of countries. That's certainly where it was in Australia, uh, where I was, even that's probably a bit too high in my, in my own personal opinion. I mean, it doesn't need to be there. Well, I look, it used to be 0.1. <laughs> And then they lowered it to point yeah, point yeah. oh eight, and now a lot of places are now what you oh, said five, point yeah. oh five. Yeah. Now, wow, that's 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 actually pretty low. Yeah, yeah, I suppose low as in uh, what, what as a threshold. Low. The BAC, the blood alcohol content level. But that's not much beer, much much alcohol. So, like one no. beer could be risky. Like even like if you. You have oh yeah, beer. yeah, yeah. That point oh five is basically supposed to be about a half a beer Jeez, an hour. Yeah. Mm. So in, in Ontario, I looked yeah. it up. Says license suspensions. Drivers receive a one year license suspension for the first time they are convicted of a DUI charge. So, mm -hmm. um, so getting caught at a roadside stop is not a conviction, obviously. Right. Um, so if it eventually gets to the point where you're charged with it, uh, then one year. And the second offense will be you'll be prohibited for, for three years. Third offense a lifetime life. Third offense a lifetime prohibition with the possibility of reinstatement after ten years. Mm. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, I haven't thought about any of that in a long time, which is which is good. And um, I uh, I have found that I heard this all of this. I found out this term called the sober curious movement. Which uh, is there's a lot of people out there that are considering giving up alcohol a lot more than I ever knew or th thought. If you go on YouTube and try, I gave up drinking. You'll find hundreds of videos of people bet, talking yeah. about their journey of giving it up for a year and and 
the experience of it and kind of wish I'd chronicle journal, journaled it a bit that way. Like, uh, I didn't. Um, and it sort of feels weird to come on and say, Hey, it's been 150 days since like, it's not much of a before <laughs> after like thing, but, uh, right, yeah. you know, if I was to say the, be- the, 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 the biggest benefits are top back to that top five, maybe also saving money. Like, <clears throat> you know, I would <clears throat> go to the liquor store and buy like wine, uh, $200 for like a few bottles of wine and, and, like I haven't had any of those types of trips recently, unless it's to uh, buy it for someone else, like going to an, a party or something. But I have no problem with being around people that are drinking. Like, um, so yeah, yeah. What what what's what's replaced it? Um, you know, you said you're doing the 45 minutes a day workout. You know, is that where the energy has gone in some ways, or are there other areas? You know, you said there's the money yeah. part, but you know, from an energy and 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 uh, time spent um, standpoint, do you feel like your energy has moved into something else? I'm not trying to be super productive in asking this question. I'm just curious if you feel like the energy's moved in a certain direction. Okay, because because uh, you say what's replaced it. I was going to say non non alcoholic beer certainly replaced it <laughs> and has been a, 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 a you know very helpful uh, because it's it visually looks like you're drinking like everybody else. They're getting better and better these beers, so I'm enjoying them. Guinness Zero, if you're a Guinness drinker, Guinness Zero is as close to the real thing as I've ever had. Like of all the different beers I've drank, like Peroni is oh, probably wow. my favorite non-alcoholic beer of the big names. Um, but Guinness Zero, but they all just have this like mm, not necessarily trying to replace the taste of the alcoholic version of it, but Guinness Zero, man, it comes as close as it gets. I'll give that a try uh, next time I come across it. If you can find it. I, I don't know how it. popular they are there. Like mm. I've had to call the Liquor Control Board of Ontario, and that sounds ominous, but that's the, <laughs> the, that's the body that controls the distribution of alcohol in, the, in this province. Yeah. I had to call them and say, hey, I noticed like you've got like across all the different locations, like two, th- like some places have two, five cases, like one case, no cases. Closest was like a two hour drive and they only had one case. I'm like going to drive and it's a pack of four. So you're not even driving (laughs) for 12 pack or 24. So they said, yeah, it's been really popular. We ordered far less than we probably should have. Could check back with us in mid November. Um, And that was like two weeks ago. So so basically check back with us in a month. We should be replenished. So very good. But yeah, but I guess you're. So, what's replaced it in terms of like activity, or because I because of all those other things, I, the only one I'm still doing religiously is the drinking part. I'm not working out 45 minutes a day. I'm I'm, I'm back to sugar and all those sorts of things. <laughs> but uh, I guess I can only think of the knock on effects. Like I I get to be I have better sleeps. I um, it's another top five thing I guess. Um, but it's yeah, I guess definitely not having the hangovers in terms of an energy thing. That's not something I have to tackle ever. Uh, you know, dogging my way through a, a, a Saturday or a Sunday because I was out drinking the night before. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just had this image of you know like those old cartoons where you know someone would bake a pie and they would put it out on the windowsill to cool. And then the person would burn their mouth or burn their hands, you know, trying to get to that pie that was cooling <laughs> on the window. So, and I'm just envisioning Clark going from house to house, you know, reaching in and grabbing those cinnamon buns, you know, that are <laughs> cooling on people's counters. Oh, I was watching uh, Better Call Saul last night. Uh, it, 
Salim, are you? Do I know Salim? You watch it? Do you watch it? Yeah, I finished it. Yeah. Well, the, I, okay. I well, he know. he's he's a Cinnabon store manager. Yeah. And so <laughs> in the episode I watched, like he's many things in the series, but this weird pocket of his life, right. and we're still kind of figuring out what <laughs> this is all about. He's manager of a Cinnabon, and there's a point yeah. where he's bribing these security guards. Hopefully not a spoiler, but he's bribing these security guards or setting them up for something he's trying to, a scheme he's plotting. And every day is yeah, bringing yeah. these cinnamon buns to them at, at the same time every night. And you see him like lathering on the icing and then taking them out of the oven, putting them in the box, bringing them. T- and I actually have to say, I wasn't really that tempted by it. And <laughs> not that that was part of what I was giving up, but I wasn't seething with God, get me a cinnamon bun right now. <laughs> one last thing i'll say about this is um you know uh i'm from i'm from egypt so uh in egypt or or any other middle eastern country where people don't consume alcohol people are still fun they go out they they enjoy themselves they mm-hmm. do all sorts of activities uh without the consumption of alcohol and life goes on yeah. right so you don't need it what well- <laughs> It's funny you say that because in this book, This Naked Mind, it talks about that. They said that um, cultures that don't drink still have two, three hundred person weddings and party the place, you know, down to the the studs. Like it's, yeah. they'll have a great time and there's no booze there. So Absolutely. it is possible. Mm-hmm. It is possible to have fun and not, not have like copious amounts of, because that's in this culture where I'm from here, like, you know, there used to be a joke, like it. It better it Bob and Fred Bob, Bob and Fred or Judy and Sal Judy and uh, Fred's <laughs> wedding. It better be an open bar, you know. Like, and if it wasn't, mm-hmm. that would be like, jeez, mm-hmm. oh, like mm-hmm. it, that was like mm-hmm. seen as a if you're hosting a wedding and you don't have an open bar, it was sort of yeah, make yeah. or break for some yeah, people. like yeah. So, um, in this culture drinking is very much part of what people look forward to as part of doing mm-hmm. something. Like right. Yeah. Going to the ball game, like hey, beer and a hot dog. And mm-hmm. for me, it was like three, four beers and a hot dog and, and just <laughs> stuff like that. And, and, and it's expensive. Like you're talking for a can of like oh, a tall can of beer at Rogers center for the blue Jays. It's like 16 bucks plus 16 a bucks. 20 bucks. What? Seventeen, eighteen bucks when you throw the tip in. So you have four drinks. You're talking like almost a hundred dollars. Wow, that's insane. Crazy. Yeah, and then I would criticize my kid for wanting a popcorn and a, <laughs> a Coke. Twelve dollars. <laughs> Hand it over can, to me. I'm going to eat the popcorn. <laughs> so yeah, well, I'm glad we talked about this. Uh, uh, you know, for people that are like, again, I'm not trying to be a preacher or an evangelist of any kind on this, but I will say that. I feel much better <clears throat> overall, and uh, it's working for me. Um, but for for those out there that were thinking, well, can't really hang out with him. He's going to not want to do it, or, or he won't be any fun. I, I've had many occasions where I've gone out with in drinking situations and had just as good a time as when I w- was drinking. So, cheers well, to that! <laughs> yeah, that. absolutely, absolutely. I'm happy to share it. If people are willing to listen, I'll talk about it for as long as you want. 
Um, well, let's maybe get ourselves to wrapping up. Uh, do you guys have anything uh, you're watching, listening to that you want to share? I mentioned Better Call Saul. I think I mentioned that the last time we, we talked, but uh, anything you guys are watching, reading, listening to that's interesting right now? Hmm. Justin, do you have anything? Uh, the only thing I've seen recently was, and I haven't finished it, um, is the documentary that Errol Morris did on uh, Jean Le Carre, the, uh, the writer, the spy novel writer. Uh, he wrote Tinker Tailor, Soldier Spy, amongst several other famous spy novels. And it's about, it's a documentary done by Errol Morris, the famous documentarian who did Fog of War and uh, what was the one on... Uh, on Rumsfeld as well, uh, not too long ago. He's very good at getting his, his, his focal point, his subjects to, to open up. And, uh, this gentleman who went by the pen, pen name of Jean Le Carre, he, he, I won't give away too much, but he grew up under very non up and up type of conditions. His father was a bit of a, a hustler. And, uh, and I'll mm. leave that at that, but, uh, it's, it's interesting. It's a, it's a documentary about this guy who wrote some of the most famous books, novels of all time and, uh, and how he, he led a very singular path that was divergent to anything that he had experienced as a child in his upbringing. And, uh, he grew up under, you know, very challenging circumstances and came out of it, um, a pretty whole person, it seems uh, mm. for the most part, as far as anyone and can guess. And where did guess. you view this? Like, where is it available? Uh, it was on Apple TV. It's on. Mm. Uh, it's on nice. streaming. Um, it's called the P the Pigeon Tunnel. All right, Pigeon Tunnel. Okay. And he explains the title in in one of his stories. Very nice. How long is that? Hour twenty, hour oh, ten, yeah. something like that. It's pretty pretty oh, tidy. Nice. Yeah. Well, I've been listening to a podcast called The Diary of a CEO. It's a guy named Stephen Bartlett, mm. and the the title is a kind of mislead i know i've only listened to a couple episodes uh, but i kind of thought it was just gonna be interviews with ceos and it, it's not there might be some in in the mix but the the couple episodes i listened to one was with uh rain wilson from the office um it's it's kind dwight it's a, yeah dwight schrute for those that uh, know him by the character one of my favorite characters in the, in the show he he's it's a long form podcast so it's minimum one hour per episode. Some of them are longer. Um, he talked a lot about his mental health struggles growing up, uh, weird childhood, um, his struggles to become an actor, struggles with mental health. Uh, so I found that really interesting just hearing um, that. Uh, there was another one. This this was more of a, this was another one by a guy named Gabor Mate, it might be, M-A-T-E. He's Argentinian, maybe Canadian, Hungarian. Sorry, he's Hungarian, Canadian. Um, he was just on. I listened to his episode talking about the connection between illnesses and uh, pain, or illnesses and um, being nice. Uh, be people pleasers have a prevalence for more disease. There's a there's a prevalence mm -hmm. between. Uh, multiple sclerosis for patients or people that have it and the mm. uh, people pleasers and people that just don't express their n emotions like anger and things they suppress it and mm -hmm. talks about the gut and the gut connection to the brain and um 
uh, I'm very interested in how they measured people pleasers. Yeah, I didn't get into that too much. He did use an example where he said he was at a a multiple sclerosis event and there was a small event, like 25 people in a a room or something. And he said, um, he used an example. He said, here, give me, I want you to give me $100 and uh, just want it right now and I want it in cash. It's like, well, I don't have it on me. Okay, well, you go to the bank machine and get it. Well, yeah, I don't, like it was just going on and on. It's like, why can't you just say no? Like, mm. so it was a, a little example where she just, like, I can't see. get those words out. I can't get those words out. So it sounds like it could be a generalization, but he has done a lot of research on this. Um, and I'm not, I'm not focusing on this one episode as the reason to listen. It is a good episode, but it's good. It's just, it's something that I've been enjoying listening to the, the diary of a CEO with Stephen Bartlett. And it was recommended by my friend, Mike who's been on this podcast and I've mentioned his name about three times. <laughs> you have. Yeah. That's, that's actually the second time I've heard about that podcast in the last couple oh, of weeks. Okay. So I'm definitely gonna have to check yeah, it out now. <laughs> yeah. They go through and there'll be some names you probably recognize and many you probably don't, but good interviewer. He's a very good interviewer. Mm. He's, mm. he shuts up um, mm. and lets very the guest talk important. and he just asks good questions. Like he's someone I'm, I listen to just also for the how he asks and interviews people. So, mm-hmm. Salim, you got anything there? Uh, yeah, I've recently binge watched uh, an anime series called Attack of the Titan, and uh, yeah, it's um, it's Japanese anime and Japanese anime series. Uh, I think it started about I want to say maybe. 10 years ago, the anime itself probably, maybe not 10 years ago, but it was like eight, eight, seven, seven, eight years ago. Um, there was, uh, a manga, right? So like the comic book that was, that, that, that preceded it. Um, it's still, uh, un- incomplete. There's one more, supposedly one more sort of longish episode to it, uh, like a mm. sort of episode slash movie, uh, ish thing. Uh, eighty. I think I watched eighty-six episodes in total. Uh, which are wow. uh, mostly, uh, except for the last one, uh, they're like twenty twenty minutes each. So it's not it's not impossible to watch. Uh, I spent okay. maybe ten ten yeah, ten nice. days ten days doing it. Um, but I was just I got you hooked. And the ferrets. Yeah, just me and the ferrets. Uh, but I got hooked. Right. Just lay down some fresh <laughs> shavings, you know, yeah. sink in there. I'm with um, you guys tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I got, I got hooked on it, right? It was, um, it started off really cool. Uh, so the premise of the story is um, there's, uh, yeah, sort of human beings, people that live in this kind of walled city. And outside this walled city live giants. like. Um, people who who look like who look like human beings, but they're all giants, right? Sort of um, five meters, and you know, anywhere up to like fifty uh, and even more uh, meters tall. And uh, the giants themselves, they look pretty. They, they kind of look pretty creepy, right? Uh, and there's this one incident that happens on one uh, on. Uh, the first day, really, uh, where these giants attack this walled city, and things happen, and 
uh, that sets in motion the story of the protagonist, uh, a boy called uh, Ellen, who um, he and his his two friends, things happen to them uh, where they end up wanting to sort of fight these um, fight these giants, right? And it's sto- their mm. it's their story of them then sort of fighting the giants uh, and trying to sort of uh, seek justice from uh, what giants. happened to the the city that they were living in. And the things that happen to them. Gulliver's travels a bit when you say giants. Gulliver's yeah. travels. Yeah. Um the I think the like the the the, the writer uh has taken from a lot of themes from uh, other uh from other, sort of other literary sources, but also a lot from from history as well. There's a there's a big um sort of political Social angle, military angle. Uh, uh, hmm. it, it's so it, it doesn't. It, it's not. It's not just talking about the story of one person uh, and you know his his sort of fight or his story, but it does uh, look at various different facets of uh, of society and uh, and how people deal with with adversity. Uh, you know, uh, on a sort of large scale. So very interesting. Uh, don't be uh, intimidated by the length. Um, and where did you find this? Uh, where can it, people find this? Um, I watched it on Netflix, but I think it's on most streaming channels, if I'm not mistaken. Like not right. no streaming channels, streaming platforms. Well, on a related note, and for those of us, and for those of us who aren't fluent in Japanese, I'm pretty sure because of how big and prevalent that series is, you can watch it. I think even dubbed in English. Not oh in yeah, yeah, it's definitely um, they have English yeah. dubbing um, and uh, yeah, subtitles and multiple language dubbing in multiple languages as well. So uh, yeah. yeah. On a related topic, um, Marie Kondo has a manga called "The Life Changing Manga of Tidying Up." Oh, um, interesting. And I, I read it. And did you? I, oh. Yeah, it was good. It was short. It was super cheesy. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it made your teeth hurt a little bit. <laughs> but, but it was pretty good. It was a good overview of this sort of the process of, of her technique. Uh, so, yes, if anybody is looking for a light version of the, the lifetime magic of tidying up, there is a manga version. Um, that is easily you're really, digestible. You're really into uh, Marie Kondo, aren't you? <laughs> like you brought her, I am. Yeah, I am. You've you brought her yeah. up um, a few times now. I, I'm about to embark on it. I'm going to think on Saturday. I'm going to so phase one of it is supposed to be clothes. Yeah, you, she says her whole thing is you don't tidy by room, you tidy by category. Mm. And and mm-hmm. the first category you're supposed to tackle is clothing. Um, mm. So and another tip from it was. Don't think about what to keep, to discard. Keep a think about what to keep. Use that as your, you know, now what should I throw out from this stuff that I don't need anymore? No, think about what should I keep because it sparks joy. So. Sage advice. Yes, <laughs> um, we should do a little. Maybe we'll do a book review of the lifetime magic of tidying up. <laughs> if you guys can stomach it, <laughs> why or not? not. Uh, great guys. Uh, thanks so much for jumping on today. Um, and Justin, thanks for making it 7am my time. Actually, it was a little easier to 
to get up for, I mean, I was up, but uh, you, normally we do these at 6.30 in the morning and the little extra half hour was nice. So thanks for that. <laughs> a, a, a happy circumstance, very much. But no, really, truly, Clark, thanks for bringing us on for this and to discuss something that obviously has meaning to you and and uh, sharing a bit with us about your journey through this. It was really yeah, interesting. I thought, I thought exactly the same. It was fantastic. Happy to do it. Happy to do it. All right, guys, have a good, uh, enjoy your weekend. It's a little closer to happening than ours, but uh, enjoy your weekend and we'll be chatting soon. Thank you. Take care, Clark. Enjoy the last bit of baseball. <laughs>